warmest of festive greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is. I'm Bex, and um, I'm a Key Stage 2 teacher from a two form entry primary school in Cambridgeshire, and I also help with initial teacher training as well. Hi, I'm Rob. Uh, I'm also a Key Stage 2 teacher, and I've worked with Year 5 and 6 as well as Year 4 and Year 3. Abby Marison, I'm Education Programme Manager at Festival Bridge. And today we are exploring learning outcomes in maths with this week's Christmas folktale from the Middle East. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Come On Little Camel. There you can stream a video of me telling the story for your children. And if you sign up as an Epic Educator, you can also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the remarkable Corky Paul. You can download the full audiobook at any time, and you can also pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Bex, Abby and Rob here. And Rob is wearing a very um, geometrically interesting uh, Christmas jumper. It's a reindeer made up of different shapes. Ah, does does this bear any relevance at all to the maths you found in the story of Come On Little Camel? Sadly not. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a brilliant Christmas jumper. Thank you. Uh, where would you like to uh, take the maths learning outcomes from in this story for ages 9 to 11? In a couple of directions. And the first one I would like to look at is thinking about decimals. So looking at the different distances that different groups of the nativity story travelled, working out a total of how far they've travelled. So again, building in a lot of kind of like word problems and things like that. But with your older children building decimals to either one decimal place or to two decimal places, just to consolidate those adding strategies. I would also look at generally a lot of kind of problem-based maths. How many legs are there in the story? Mm. Read through the story, how many legs are there? If you know that there are four camels, how many legs is that? So start building in your your inference skills as well. So there's a bit of reading, a bit of maths, a bit of cross-curricular stuff going on. You're doing the pub yeah. cricket thing again. <laughs> um, <laughs> the <yes>. desert cricket. <laughs> um, and then problem that I shared with my class a couple of days ago was to, there was a whole group of different weights on the board and it said, how would you balance these easily? Or how would you balance these so oh, they yeah. the the weights added up to ninety four altogether. So then you obviously have to split that in two. So you've got to first of all you've got to add the weights, then you've got to work out what half of it is, and then you've got to choose the different weights which will make that. So mm. could you do that with the presents? Does the gold weigh more than the myrrh? Mm. Does the is the frankincense heavier than the Christmas socks yeah. which have been bought for baby Jesus? Things like that. And then I started thinking, oh, you could also bring in some proportion and ratio, which is kind of year six maths, and think about, well, could the older camels carry a heavier load than Elsie? Because 
because she's not mm. as strong, she's not as old. So, yeah, just a whole load of problem-based maths around those areas. Mm. Um, reading this story with a, a camel as the main story, uh, it's the main character, reminded me of another camel from a different story. And it's a Terry Pratchett because they're one of the Discworld books. And it links to talking about maths because this camel is referred to as the greatest mathematician in the world. Yeah. However, uh, he's not viewed in a, a very positive light because as a camel, all he does is uh, not follow instructions and spits at people and kicks and things like that so, but I was just like oh I've come across the camel as a protagonist in a story before and it just kind of linked I was like oh good yeah it's not the first time maybe not a story that you'd want to read necessarily with your um with your primary age children no no but one maybe for the adults who are working with the children to enjoy yeah or to, or, or to try retelling i suppose you could you could do what i did with elsie and take the initials yeah um, <laughs> yes <laughs> see if you can create a name <laughs> fantastic um if we trundle down the years a little bit to um the ages nine down to seven um bex what sort of maths would you draw out from the story for them well, amazingly, a very similar thing. So I was all thinking about um, mass and weight and measurement. Um, I don't know if that's because when you think of Christmas, you always think about the Christmas pounds that you put on um, <laughs> when you beat the mince pies and drunk all the wine. But I was thinking about how much could she carry? So as a as a camel, LC, how much, what is her, the maximum weight of presence that she could safely carry? Because I... Um, mm. As as people may or may not have remembered, I have a horse and obviously she, because of her size and her build, she can only carry a certain um, weight and size of human. So I was just thinking that mm. it would be really interesting to think how much could she have actually carried? And then similar to what you were saying, Rob, how much can grandmother camel carry? Because is it less because uh, she's older yeah. or is it more because she's bigger? Or is it like, and then how much can mum and dad carry? And that would be kind of early links into the ratio and proportion that we do in years yeah, in yeah. year six but just like the um you could i guess you could link it into fractions so is it a third more is it a like um for year three and four you could look at look at the fraction of the weight that the different camels can carry yeah. um and then i was also thinking of um measurement of um like converting uh miles to uh like meters and kilometers and all of the kind of distances that everybody's traveling and obviously yes. um elsie travels a longer distance because she goes to the cactuses and she also gets ends up in the cave and then she has to come mm -hmm. and does she follow exactly the same route we'll never know because the um the hoof prints were uh, blown away by the sandstorm until she gets to bethlehem when she can refollow the the route so did she take yeah. the best route did she take the most direct route could she have got there a quicker in a quicker time so again you can link it into the timings how long does mm -hmm. it take and i think we've talked quite a lot about is a day in the time that the story was set in the same as a day now did they measure it in the same way was mm. it 24 hours was it based on the sun and the moon and everything and um, so just really thinking about time and measurement and mass and then finally um, i was thinking about compass points and direction which would link back into our geography skills yeah. so like actually do um, obviously you can you know where the north star is so is the north star the star that was over the stable was that the north point was it not the north star is it still the star that we can see and yeah. um, the brightest star in the sky is that the same star i don't know but actually looking at north south east and west um with your year threes and then adding in the mm. like northwest and the southwest and mm. more um compass points 
So I think you could do a lot about that and yeah. direction. And this is also linking in quite nicely with the computing ideas that you yes. guys came up with yesterday, and in terms, especially with your B bots mm. as well, thinking in terms of distances and directions. And the experiment we suggested with the um, trying to work out how long it takes them to get from one to the other. Yeah. That's probably where I take maths. There's not. I do have a little question um, for, for both of you, actually, because um, you, you both kind of mentioned the weight that Elsie would be able to take and maybe the other camels too. How are you actually going to be able to test that? Because it's not mentioned in the story. So there's a, there's a popular board game where you stack different items. It's a donkey in the game, I think, or a bronco. Yeah. Or is it not Buckaroo? Oh, uh, yeah, Buckaroo. Yeah. yeah. That could be like your, your baseline. <laughs> I think, so with horses, there's quite a lot of research that's been done about the size of the horse and how much weight they can therefore carry. So like a shire horse could obviously carry a lot more weight because of the way that it's built and its size. Mm. So I reckon there would be some research into camels. I see. So I think we'd probably have to give some the children something to base it on or we just make it up and tell the children this is how much. Definitely good to, you know, explore hypotheses and stuff. But would you yeah. would you sort of do the research yourself and then say to the children, you know, grandma can take, I don't know, a third less weight than Elsie? Because mm. uh, I'm imagining, you know, with all of the presents that she carries around, Elsie's pretty butch, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think she is. <laughs> but would you then say, you know, Elsie uh, can carry um, 100 kilos, grandma can carry a third less than that. What is it that grandma can yeah. carry? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So you'd have to have one camel that was your kind of baseline camel. Mm-hmm. And then you'd get dependent on which year of the curriculum, which year you were, te- you were delivering this to, whether it was three, four, five or six, um, you'd give them then calculations that are based on the learning that you want them to achieve. Gotcha. So Rob was saying that for year six, he might talk about ratios. So the ratio he'd give a ratio-based question. And for maybe year three, you'd say, they, like as you were saying, they can carry an eighth of the load of Elsie. Yeah. What's the maximum weight they can carry? And therefore, then you could have like the list of all the presents that might be in the bag. And then you could work out, then the children could have to work out which camel would carry which items to get everything there. Yeah. Abby, where are we? where's Elsie taking us through the maths journey with uh, four to seven-year-olds? She's got her chin up. She's looking up at the stars. So exploring the reasoning side of uh, problem solving and maths. I've got four different directions you could take this in. And of course, it depends if you're talking about nursery reception year one, year two. But I thought that you can start these different areas of maths out in in a way that I've done before with black pieces of card, postcard sized getting a pencil and actually creating some constellations. So letting the young people just make three, four or five little holes with their pencil, obviously making sure they're not going to damage themselves and holding uh-huh. them up to the sky and making a constellation. So talking about constellations and then joining the dots to make shapes. So then you can talk about mm-hmm. the 2D shapes, naming them. Um, you can then take that in another direction and you can, once you've got the 2D shape in front of you, you can work out lines of symmetry and teach them about the, the different lines of symmetry you've got. You can do fractions by breaking up those uh, shapes. So with the younger ones, very simplistic shapes like a circle, a square, making it a little bit more challenging as you come up the years. You can also, uh, going back to something that Bex reminded me of with B-Bots in one of the the previous episodes, you can actually use this to say, okay, Elsie is looking at this really bright star and she takes half a turn or, uh, you know, depending on the language, you know, how many degrees, if it's older children 180 degrees they're saying okay which way does she end up Mm. facing 
and maybe giving some landmarks of, okay, the the stable is that way. There's another town that way. And of course, you know, in the story, it says, oh, so in the beginning with B. So you could just have a Mm -hmm. marker with a B. Not sure if it's Bethlehem. So, yeah, you, you can do lots of returning and directional language. It's infinite. Lots, lots, lots of that you can do with constellations, just all of your shape and your, yeah. your 2D shape, just, just using, using that as a, as a really nice introduction and something quite, something quite visual. And really easy to link to that, I guess, from the RE elements of who the Magi are, what were they doing? They were studying the stars. And like you say, mm. yeah, also grandma telling Elsie to keep her chin up and just how important a piece of advice that was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you're soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. Tomorrow, Elsie will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio, Cheerio. and we we hope hope to hear your story soon. soon.